Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge. I was about to say the Naira Quintana <laughs> podcast. The Lantern Rouge <laughs> Cycling Podcast Preview. Vamos, Naira, man. It's for the Movistar Team Preview a nice short name for us to deal with Movistar team in 2024. And we're going to have a look at their 2023 Mate. season. Yes. Movistar Kelmakers de Parnier. That would be a goated name. Ilz Barriers, which is the Balearic Isles, Islands, I think. Case de Parnier, that was that would have been a tough one. That would have been a tough one Benesto. indeed. Reynolds would have been good. <laughs> Back in the nineties, eighties, twenty twenty three for Movistar. I think an okay year. That's my assessment of it. An okay year overall, with the a lot of other riders performing that I yeah. maybe better than I expected. But with Enrique Mas, unfortunately, not performing as they hoped in the big uh, Grand Tours with crashes and. And his level overall, but how was their season by the numbers, Benji? Three Walter wins, two of the three are Aime Rubio, 66% of the Movistar victories in Walter or Aime Rubio. So three Walters, 16 total victories. First, let's start off with the most important rider, the UCI point merchant of the team, because it's important. 1,562 UCI points without winning a single race. Alex, the descending guru. Aramburu, he's back in town. He just can't win because he rides pretty stupid in the finals of races. Was it Bernocchi? Jorgensen's the points leader. Yeah, but Aramburu does only <laughs> UCI. Uh, he's gone, Dude, that okay? Ber- that Bernocchi three, last 2Ks from Aramburu <laughs> was so bad. Well, <laughs> it was, was, it's as if Valverde was already DS in the car. Well, yeah, probably he's been teaching him for the last for three years when he was on the team. It's like, ah, the, what you want to do is the first guy at 1K to go, he actually wins morally. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> don't worry when they come around you. So, yeah, Aaron Brew, yeah, he actually was good this year. I mean, he scored points. Points I'm are important. Uh, Rubio, I really do remember. I remember both his wins. First, the, the one with on Jabal Jais was particularly memorable because they yeah. tried something different, and it's actually one of the most un, unique wins this year in that from the peloton on a mountaintop finish, he got a full almost sprint lead out on a flatter section from yeah. Albert Torres, who's like a track, usually a lead out guy, to create the separation for the 55-kilo climber, who then was able to go on with it later when the gap was already created by Torres. I think that was really good tactics. A mountain dog um, buddy? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. It was like that. So kudos to them for that. I think that was a really nice move and well-planned and executed. And then I remember his second win in the Giro because that was when Pino threw all the toys out of the tantrum because he rode really, really badly and then they mugged him. So... 
yeah, good on good on Ina Rubio. Uh, what are what are your other highlights from them this year, Benji? But Jorgensen was definitely one of the riders, as in second at Romandy, winning Oman plus stage there, but also his classics. I recall him being tenth forward in the likes of RVV, being in that front group, but also in E3 top ten together with Caja. No, not with Caja Rural. That's not a rider. Garcia Cortina, basically the same thing. Lascano, part of Vlaanderen, is one of those things that. Yeah. That was legendary with Christoph in the break ahead, then actually still being to deliver a second spot in that race afterwards. That that's legendary. Those are like the main things, to be honest, that I remember. Like, and it's it's shocking to me how many other riders won races as well at Movistar that yeah. I didn't remember. Mulberger won two stages at the pro level, Deutschland to Ren Alps. Guerrero next to next to Jorgensen winning Oman, he won Saudi Tour plus a stage. Serrano won the GP Wallonie. I Forgot Serrano and the GP Wallonie existed. And then we think about Gaviria, Romani stage. Well, yeah. Sorry, but I rate other races higher. And then, yeah, Enrique Mas. It's sad that he crashed out on day one of the Tour de France. That's pretty clear. Yeah. Do you, reckon, do you reckon we might have seen a very different outcome to the year for Enrique Mas if he didn't crash out on stage one of the Tour de France? Because stage one is a pretty bad day to crash out in. Eh? You can't prove anything. Yeah, because also if you're if you're really banged up, it's tough to prepare for the Vuelta. Also, physically, yep. you've just done this huge peak for the tour. That's really tough. So, yeah, not ideal, obviously, to crash out of your main goal of the season on day one, especially with a, a Grand Depart in the Basque Country. So, yeah, I'm obviously an Enrique Mas guy, but not his best year overall. I think, and he is that Grand Tour guy. Like he needs the Grand Tours. Uh, to to really perform. And he also wasn't as good in the Italian classics. Can't remember if he did them because he won Giro dell'Emilia last year ahead of uh, Pagaccia and then was pretty good in Lombardia too. So that was also yeah. not as good in the uh, in the Italian classics this year. I would say... What would I say? So that, that mostly positives. And, and Lascano as well, he actually confirmed that it wasn't a fluke. Like, he's actually a beast. Like, he's yeah. legit legit rider what would i say would be the negatives i don't know jorgensen leaving yeah that's a big one probably there's a lot of guys on their team who probably just not performing with sosa at all uh, mm -hmm. not getting anything out of abner gonzalez garcia cortina i think didn't have a very good year Mm -hmm. And so they had a lot of filler on the team. But yeah, onto their transfers. That's the big one, Benji. Jorgensen, their best classics rider, their best overall rider, all-round rider, leaving. I think that's a big blow for them. Yeah, and like he's going to Visma Lab and like that's 1,600 UCI points in the bin for this team. It's hard to replace that. You just need Alexander Amburu to step up or Garcia Cortina to do what Amburu has been doing. Or to get someone to replace that, which they kind of potentially did. But we'll go into that in a second. Carlos Verona, also a big name leaving, in my opinion. Also, uh, he's like one of the cornerstones of the team. There's many cornerstones of the team leaving this year. Verona's leaving. There's Rojas retiring, which always a useful domestique. Erviti, very important for the team in previous years. Yeah, he retiring. was toning down a bit, but was still a, a notable ride. Those two riders are retiring, and... I agree there's riders that are leaving that are less valuable. Abner Gonzalez, like, I still remember 
maybe this is stupid that I remember that. The the tour the tour de la Provence. I think Vantu finish might be mixing two races together or Charles Renard finish where Sosa won ahead of of uh, a few riders. Bernal was also in that race. Rodriguez was also in that race, but Abner Gonzalez finished like top seven or something in that race or top 10 or something. That's like the only memory of Abner Gonzalez I have. But if you can climb that well on that day, you can probably climb that well on other days as well if they can get the best out of you and they didn't, to be honest. Then Holman, we mentioned him when he's going to Alpecin on our Alpecin pod. I don't think he's replaceable. He's replaceable. Lumas Bonet, also replaceable. Oscar Rodriguez, replaceable. He's in a package deal, in my opinion, with. Um, with who? Carlos Rodriguez. Yes, that's true. No? Yes, that's true. As part yeah. of the contract of Carlos Rodriguez, because they have the same agent, despite not coming from the same team in that sense. Counter, I think, is, is replaceable, to be honest, going to yeah, Astana. Yeah, they gave him a lot of chances. Jorge Izaguirre, replaceable. So, I think Jorgensen and Verona are hard to replace, but... Nah, Verona's... You can let him go. Depends on Plus, the money. Well, it, 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 he's not... He ain't on 100k. Yep. So, and he doesn't win a lot. I know he's a very versatile rider, but, and a useful rider and a good Thomas Deacon, good for the, good for the team bus. But if you're really trying to cut, cut costs, I can see it. Whereas Jorgensen, is there anything then they could have done to keep him? I also think probably no. Probably well, no. Like, what, what could Movistar have done to keep him? I guess they could have extended him earlier because they would have known how good he was before anyone else. I agree, but I'm also worried about the fact that when he came out, Jorgensen about the whole story that he had to invest so much individual personal money to be able to prepare himself the best way possible for the races that he was going to go to, that I am worried about the preparation on the team side. If you have to go out of your team to look at this perfect guideline of preparation and so forth, what, were there any specifics of the things that he invested that money in? Was it like uh, tunnel stuff, wind tunnel stuff? or I can't remember exactly, but it was like, yeah, a significant proportion of his salary. But it's also on self-funded altitude camps, the yeah. nutrition on those camps, um, probably ketones maybe. I can't remember if he mentioned them, if he uses them. And then custom extensions are very expensive on your TT bike, and his TT was good this year. Uh, in the Dauphiné or Romandy, can't remember. Yeah. In a in a Rolly TT, was quite good. So there is that. Yeah, I think you know I already said it many times, but I'm a strong believer in don't sign Remy Cavagna and take that money, sign someone else, and spread the cost savings across performance stuff, particularly when you've not maxed that out yet, which based yep. on what Jorgensen said, that isn't maxed out yet. And then you're going to have that applied to all 30 riders on the roster. You're going to get better overall results than, uh, than from signing Cavagna, which brings me to him. So <laughs> really the, the outgoings, you know, shame to lose Jorgensen, but uh, I can't really criticize him. Yeah, I can't really criticize him for it. Uh, they bring in Naira Quintana. We did the emergency podcast about that. Listen, it makes sense for the team. If if a team yep. like uh, a different team signed them, maybe it wouldn't work so well with that public. But Movistar's big in uh, Telefonica's yeah, big in South America. There might be some controversy about his signing, but I have to be honest. Like it's not a use. 
it's a UCI rule that it wasn't an actual doping offense. Yes, I personally believe that he probably did it for actual benefits in performance, but well, if that's not a rule, well, then it's a sports fault, just... eh? <laughs> no, yeah, I don't well, know, exactly. back pain? <laughs> going, well, into the, going into the mountain stage? <laughs> oh, that's a performance. Yeah, but... <laughs> so, if Quintana wins races on this team, Colombian fans will be happy. It's... So... Is Quintana the replacement for Jorgensen while Formolo comes from UAE being the replacement for Verona? Yeah, Formolo Verona is a good shout, actually. They, I hadn't thought about that, but they really fit together. I don't think that's quite the case. I think Formolo is mm -hmm. here to win races. I think, so, I think that's the idea with Formolo. Uh, but yeah, I listened to a podcast, uh, Alcola del Peloton, with Eddie Hakome, the... A yep. Colombian journalist, and yeah, he was saying, "Listen, Colombian fans are stoked. They're like, why was Quintana kept out of the sport so long?" And and Wait, if you, yeah, Eddie's Colombian. I thought yeah, he was French. Eddie, Eddie Jacome sounds much better. <laughs> You're probably right, but <laughs> I thought he was French. Nah. I thought he was Colombian cycling journalist. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Anyway, if I, was, if I was listening to them in French, then my French has improved more than my Spanish. Um, no biggie. The, so, yeah, so that's the two sort of marquee signings, neither of whom are Spanish, uh, or, or Hispanophones rather, because Quintana has yeah. obviously been on the team before. We've already discussed it at length. Go and listen to that emergency podcast if you want us to discuss Quintana for 20 minutes. Uh, but yeah, I think that was, a, I think on balance, quite a good, uh, not quite a good, a good signing for them. And they'll probably be getting a discount. The two that aren't Hispanophones are Formolo and Cavagna, a French team, a French rider on Movistar is quite unusual, uh, coming from UAE in Quickstep. Formolo, I kind of see. I do kind of see it because I think he's still a very good rider. Three-year deal is long. He is 31 now, and he's not, he's not as good as he was in 2018-19, but he still won two races at the end of the year and racked up a fair few points at the end of the year, was good in Saudi. And a lot of the year he's a domestique, and I think, I think it's not a bad signing, not a bad. The Cavani one, I think, is a bad signing. Yep, I think so too. I feel like when I think about that signing, I think about the old Castro Viejo at Movistar, as in the more time trial focused Castro Viejo, not the full domestique Castro Viejo we currently have. When he was riding for that team, that felt very similar. To get away, what's that? Other Italian dude, Adriano Malori, or someone Malori, I feel like he was, uh, he was also in that team and it feels like a that kind of vibe I'm getting from this, which I don't know, I don't see it doing that much, but hey, pretty funny to see. Do you believe Lefebvre? Do you believe Lefebvre when he said that uh, they're signing Cavania for the Cobble Classics? Honestly, I'd like to see Cavania do Cobble Classics. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, they haven't got a better riders <laughs> than him for, for it. for Lascano. Yeah, true. True. But he's on a three-year deal as well. Listen, he's won 13 races. He's won a welter stage uh, back in 2019. But frankly, <laughs> without, the, without... Well, he's also a sort of a second-tier TT rider. And without yeah. that, the same TT setup at Movistar, his values then decreased in that sense. So... I don't really know what their plan is for him. And I, I dare say if he's gone to Movistar and he's eschewed all four of the other French teams, when he is a 28-year-old who's won a Grand Tour stage and is French, 
I I dare say it's not on it's 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 not particularly cheap. So that's not my favorite one, maybe. But I do like their others actually quite a lot. Yeah. So Javier Romo, I was a big 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 fan of Javier Romo. I really really liked him actually, and I heard he was going to call for this. I think he's. They signed him on a two-year. I think that's a fantastic signing. Frankly, when I heard the Kofidis rumor, I couldn't believe that Movistar hadn't got in there because this guy's—he was a triathlete, I think. Mm-hmm. Started cycling late. He's on Astana. Everyone on Astana is not performing well except Cav and a few others. And this guy's showing good flashes at Burgos. He was a beast uh, in mountain stages too. Look at the groups he was in. If you look at and you won't see it in his results, but go and watch. The run-in to the uh, Havalambre on stage six of the Vuelta. This guy was absolutely smashing, and he was good in 2022 as well. So I think that's a really, really good pickup, and uh, and I really like Roma. Same with Peleo Sanchez for Burgos. Biache, where he's come from, he was in the group with Remco. In fact, I think dropped Remco initially on the Guadarrama stage 20 of the Vuelta. So he's young, that's just a no-brainer to get a 23-year-old Spanish guy showing flashes like that. Yep, I agree. And not just just them, like, I I like Blau Sanchez transfer a lot, like you said, but even outside of that, I'm very curious in the other transfers, like Carlos Canal coming from Oiscalte, that's one of those riders where I'm actually less known of his qualities, I only know the guy from Pro Cycling Manager, but... He's the uh, counter replacement that speaks Spanish. Spanish counter? I don't know, man. I'm not necessarily oh, too hyped about Basque it. Canter, yeah. There, I'm. I'm more. I'm more interested in like what will a Manlio Moro become? Because that dude is part of like the 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 Quattro squad, the four squad from the Italian team pursuit with Ghana, with Milan, with Consoni. Oh, and really? Him. Yeah. How did Movistar get him? European Championship team, team pursuit last year, I think, with with those guys. He's 21. Fuck me. Should have got him in the lead out for Koi. That's a good pickup. He's 21. 190 centimeters. Yep. And he's what? He's with Milan and Ghana. Milan, Ghana, and Consoni. Consoni is not necessarily the biggest type, but. Fair enough. Well, good on Movistar. Uh, I really like their signings then because I think. <laughs> They got Gaviria, he could slot in there. I mean, maybe he's focused on the Olympics this year, so we don't really see him too much uh, after after May. But, okay, that seems to be some pretty good scouting on their part. And Canal, yeah, Canal's probably just a, yeah, a point score in 1-1s, 2.1s, and, and all those sort of races. He's he's still young, 22, and he was getting decent results on Oskeltel. I think that's a nice signing too. Uh, Jon Baronetsch, also 23, also sort of trying to get some points in those races. He's a sprinter type who can climb a little bit, but not. I don't think he's shown the level of those other guys yet, but I think it's decent. Is he, uh, he's climber type, eh, Baronetra? As in, wasn't he the guy that on the um, slopes of Ordino in the Vuelta was dropped or was just dropped from Caruso and the other dude as like the last rider of the breakaway? I think he can climb? sprint, though. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know his sprint. Like he, You're probably right. He he came thirty behind Florian Vermeersh in like a little uphill drag. I mean, maybe he's more a puncher, not a sprinter. I think you're right. I think I've mischaracterized him. But yeah, 
I don't know him too well, but I think, yeah, he did do that on the in La Vuelta. I mean, compare it to... If I compare it to Gaviria, Guerrero, Romeo, this is a much more stacked incoming transfers, in my opinion. Yep. And remember, the year before, Balo went out and retired. They brought in Gaviria, Guerrero, yep. Romeo. Romeo hasn't performed yet. He's young. This is, yeah, really, I think, quite and a nice transfer period for what they could do. I'm wondering financially how it's looking. Because if you take a look at Jorgensen Levin, of course, is saving on some money so you don't have to pay him. But what was the whole Carlos Rodriguez thing? Are they getting anything from that financially? A couple of mil. He was coming to them first. And Just then he was. A couple of mil. Yeah. They didn't spend it on these riders. They might have. Maybe Quintana's been paid for through that. Averaged out across <laughs> the years. Oh, so one year. Yeah, if they're paying Quintana two mil for one year, that's insane. <laughs> I hope they're not doing that. Um, okay, that was their transfers. Uh, I think broadly we're quite positive on their transfers. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, let's talk about the the two the two headed duo the beasts Quintana and Mas. <laughs> what are we going to do with these two guys now that they've come in? It doesn't make sense to me to send them all to the same races. Correct. I think you try to split them as much as possible, but the Giro suits neither of them. I agree, but you still send Quintana to the Giro in my head, both to the Tour in my head, and Mas to the Vuelta. I guess we've got to wait for the Vuelta parkour shortly. I would I would do something different. I mean, Mars and the Colds probably would disintegrate. It would just <laughs> like the Avengers where the, the particles <laughs> disappear. So <laughs> Mars in 40 degrees is like, this is fun. So yeah, probably. And Quintana's proven in cold conditions. He's a proven yeah. performer. So not that it's going to might necessarily be freezing, but... I think you're right. I think you just because if you if you're trying to win a race, you're like, oh, if you if you're trying to really win the race, you say, well, there's too many TTKs. This suits me. But if you're trying to come fifth and maybe win a stage, you just race the race. And if you climb pretty well consistently, you'll come fifth in the Giro, and and you can win a stage. Like there's not going to be, but that's a big a big assumption that Quintana is at that level on my part. Probably they'll be hoping for a top 10 at the Giro, frankly, and some decent results. Uh, and then to the TDF, I'm not sure I would send Quintana to the TDF. I'm not sure I would. Where where does um, it go otherwise? What's happening during that time? Would you do Giro Velta double? Yeah, possibly. Depending on the parkour. I'd have to look at the Velta parkour first, but I guess you've got what the Isla stage suits him. Mm -hmm. You go for breakaways. He's not going to help Mars, so yeah. <laughs> I think you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, but he won't. But he won't help Mars. Um, 
If I was on a one year, I wouldn't either. I'd go on the breakaway every day. So <laughs> I would send him probably to the Vuelta. He's nice. Uh, what about classics? Is it Lazcano, Aaron Baru, Garcia Cortina, Jakobs, uh, and Norsgaard? That's the list I have, to be honest. I don't have too much more to add to that. There's probably some riders in there that I'm skipping over that could be competing in these races. Uh, Hill Classics, I'm looking at Formula, Mulberger, um, Guerrero maybe as well. I find that intriguing. Um, do you send Moss to LBL? Meh. No. No, 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 no. Not really, yeah. If Italian I was classics, style, yeah. I would legit have Moss follow Vingegaard around. Do the same, everything. The entire same schedule. Why not? Just don't overthink you, it. What if you go to races where he's not, and Pogacar is not, and try to win them? A one week. Because he yes. won't. Because <laughs> he won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so just, just trying, okay. <laughs> that would be what I would do. If I was Movistar. Because like there, both of them, like, Vingegaard's not good in the cold either, from what I can tell. Is there a GC equivalent of Bauhaus? Going to smaller races without the top riders to try and win? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not having this. Pogaccio is not the GC equivalent of Bauhaus. Uh, <laughs> GC equivalent of Bauhaus, who far... I mean, you ought to be fucking good to win a World Tour race. Like, you look at who won the World Tour GC races this year, it's... You don't just rock up and win. It's serious, yeah. guys. Like, Romandy Yates went there. I can't... Like, who... Roglic, Avonapool, Pogaccia, Vingegaard, and then Kusa the... Like, it's... I don't know who, who won Renewi Tour. Uh, who the fuck won the Bingo Bongo Tour this year? Van der Poel won but was a Belgium Tour. Renui Tour, who the fuck won that this year? I actually have Tim no Wellens. I could have, you could have given me yeah. 10 guesses. <laughs> that dude You're legit right. skipped a skip from February all the way to August. Uh, <laughs> Chuk, uh, rode him off the road. <laughs> In RV. true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, Grand Tours, yeah. Man, we went so off track there. <laughs> Uh, what podcast are we doing? <laughs> team Lobster. Lobster team. Uh, yeah, I think, but I think you are right. Maybe they're trying to get a bit more points out of Enrique, try to get him to score in the one-week races, Quintana as well, just get some points. And, you know, this is a GC-focused team historically. I think trying to win win a couple of Basque, win a Basque country stage with, uh, with Aaron Baru, like just send Aaron Baru to the right races. Yeah, uh, Romandy, Catalonia. Yeah. And milk him absolutely for UCI points. Yeah. Canada, Renewi, Italian Classics before Lombardia. Send him to all of them and uh, he'll score some points for you because he's a good rider, Ambrew, as much as I don't like to admit it. Maybe oh, there's either, we're disrespecting Ina Rubio, aren't we? He won, as you said, two-thirds of their World Tour races. What do they do yep. with Ina Rubio? Send him to one-week races because he's clearly I'll send him to the tour. I would send him to the Tour Not Quintana, and I would have him target the Isola stage from the breakaway. He can win that. No. No. I'm sending him to all three Grand Tours for stages. 
And when he wins the stage, he can DNF. Poor, ba poor bastard. Every time he wins the stage, he can DNF. <laughs> Ida Rubio just mutant performance in Florence <laughs> on stage one of the tour. Out sprints Pagaccia and, and uh, Van Arda, whoever. <laughs> just go boom. Gives yellow, goes home. <laughs> Three week holiday in Colombia, baby. <laughs> Comes back for the world on stage three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the world to start? Lisbon. Now he wins the opening TT in Lisbon. Wins the opening flat TT. <laughs> Smokes Josh Charling. Says, "Who the fuck is that?" Ana <laughs> Rubio. Nah, but I would send him. I think so. One of my hot takes: Ana Rubio wins Queen Stage of the Tour, uh, which is I'm going to say is the Isla stage. I think Ana Rubio okay. wins that from the breakaway. Really good climb for him. And, uh, or can I have a saver on stage? Nah, stage 15, I don't think he'll win. I think, he, I think he's a little stage he looks really good for. And my other hot take is that Enrique Mas, I'm going to double down, podiums the tour. Uh, <laughs> I think it's my new, yeah, it's my new one. Enrique Mas podiums the tour. And Movistar finish. Top 10, in, that's not really a hot take, but I think they finish top 10 in the ranking next year. Okay. They're 12 I'll take now. it. I'll take it. It's not a hot take. Alex Aramburu, Alex Aramburu scores 2,000 UCI points without sing, winning a single race, is my hot take. <laughs> ah, he will. But yeah, okay, I'll take that. He didn't win a single it. race this year. Yep. And like, to be honest, the stage that... Edith Schelling won? Yeah, in Basque Country. The Descent, the descent one? Was one. that the sketchy Descent one? The fact that Aramburu did not win that, that is, that is horrible. The fact that he can't he attacked win on that... The descent, no? Yeah, the fact that he can't win that means he can't win anything. Yeah. I was at uh, Storytime. I was, at, I was walking on the front here. And I ran yeah. into the guy that used to run Burke Spikes in Corumban. And he's like big in a cycling road with like McEwen anyway. Yeah. And he's talking about McEwen. And he's get, we'll get back, it's coming back to Aaron Brewery, Benji. And he just said, How? You know McEwen? You know McEwen? He just had that mongrel, that mongrel dog in him. He had that mongrel dog. And Aaron Brewery needs a bit of that, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the story you were telling? Yeah. I heard today that um, McEwen is coming back. At 41-year-old, to start his career again, you know how? The Belgian newspaper started the article talking about Caleb Ewan, and then halfway the article, they switched to McEwen, and just kept talking about McEwen for the rest of the article. He's, he's 51, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Close enough. He looks 41. Yeah, he's still... He's like Tom I mean, Cruise of cycling. He does. He looks in shape, man. He probably... <laughs> He probably out sprint half. I probably out. He'd be the best sprinter on Movistar. <laughs> if Kaviri's on holiday, <laughs> Poor you're forgetting Rubio, mate. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be the second best sprinter on Movistar. Probably McEwen right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, is McEwen better than like, Ewan in 2024? Oh, it depends. <laughs> it doesn't depend, dude. Let's not roast Ewan more than he deserves. <laughs> no, they said you know they. They uh they said he's doing the Giro Ewan yep. and uh good so 
like we said. Alrighty, that was... Oh, yeah, how many wins does Movistar have in 2024, Benji? World Tour oh. wins, that is. How many did they win they again? Had, three. They had three this year oh. in 2022. They had a solitary World Tour win, Verona and the Dauphiné from a breakaway when Kenny got mad. Yeah. In 2021, they had three, so not prolific winners. I'm going to go with... Oh, damn it. Like, it's not easy, eh? I'm going to go with... Two. Two. Yes. It's hard to win World Tour races. Like, there's 170 of them, but it's really hard to win World Tour races. Correct. Congratulations. Two, you reckon? Two? I think Formula's going to win a stage somewhere. I think they're going to win... I think they're going to be in breaks and winning, and I think they're not going to be too committed to Enric in the tour, so everyone's got carte blanche to go on the breakaway. I think they're going to win four. Four okay. World Tour races. And it could even be better, but I don't want to be too get ahead of myself. But if you do, Unless Gaviria... I mean, Gaviria, if he's really good, could pick up, but it's uh, if you don't have too many sprinters, then... It's tough, or people that can sprint, it's tough to win World Tour races, generally speaking, because most races are not won via a solo, even hilly stages. Uh, what year does Valverde come back as a rider? He's doing gravel. He's back as a DS. Isn't he doing DS this year? Yes, which means so wins, that's the reason that they're only going to win two win, <laughs> win two zero World Tour races. World Tour races. <laughs> Every time they enter the last kilometer, he's going to tell them, stay at the friend, <laughs> do the lead out. Try to sprint for oh, 400 meters out. Did Pachi Villa leave? Yes. He's leaving too. He's going to Bora? Back to Bora? Yes, back to Bora, correct. Yeah, he's gone back to Bora. It's not looking good, bruv. And Jorgensen liked Billy, said he was good. So Valverde just walks in the bus, sees the, the profile on the screen, just punches the screen, says, You don't need to see you don't need to see that, boys. Just <laughs> just just do it on feel. Um, if you haven't watched the Movistar documentary, there was kind of something like that happened when they're like, Bala, why did you jump then? He's like, Oh, I thought that was the finish. <laughs> like that was a okay from the finish. We went over this. <laughs> the climb and then it leveled off. Climb levels off for a K. And he just jumped on the climb, full gas sprinting. <laughs> Captain and then... <laughs> ah, well. Manana. Okay. I actually love Movistar. You know I've got a soft spot for them. I really like Movistar. So I hope they do really, really well. I think their transfers are good. And um, yeah, let's see how they absorb the Jorgensen loss and a bit of a transition. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping Enric has a bounce back here next year. But unless you've got anything else, Benji, no. uh, we'll, we'll see you later. Till then. Ciao. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies... I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is 
absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.